high school here, went to Hendricks here, um, and I graduated with a degree in economics and business, and then I went to law school. Um, while in law school, I, I learned a lot of skills that I think, well, that I know will help me um, with this position. Um, just advocating for others, analyzing situations okay. and things of that nature. Um, since graduating, um, I've worked for the Court of Appeals, and currently I'm a, a public defender. I travel the state, and I defend people who are charged with capital murder when the state is seeking death. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, explain to us why are you running for office? Well, for a host of reasons. Um, mainly, um, I, guess, I guess one of the first things that happened that, that caused me to run for this position is that I was looking for a, a, a job, looking at taking a job here in the county. Okay. And one of the things that concerned me was the budget. Okay. And so I asked for a complete listing of the budgets for all of the county agencies. And there was quite a discrepancy between which agencies got what amount of money. Okay. And so that kind of concerned me. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to know who, you know, who decides what agencies get what money. Okay. And the answer to that is the quorum court. Okay. There are 13 justices of the peace, and they make up the quorum court. All right. um, they have a $40 million budget that they disperse among all the county agencies. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are also 335 county employees, and those justices, or the quorum court, determines if those um, county employees get raises. Okay. So when I looked to see who, the, um, who represented me in my district, um, I looked at the entire panel, and what I noticed is, is that they all seem very similar. Okay. They all seem to be from the same social class, the okay. same... Um, um, gender, the okay. same race, okay. and that caused me concern. Okay, so I'm going to press you here. Okay. Uh, the demographic of the, just, uh, the Justice of the Peace as it consists of right now is what? 13 okay. white males. Okay, all right. And so that uh, kind of inspired you, prompted you to say that you wanted to do something? Yes, okay. and, I, and also, you know, in life, um, I'm a Christian, and, and the decisions I make in life um, are, are based um, with my relationship with God. Okay. And so... I, I feel like once I looked into the quorum court, I noticed that my seat was vacant, that it okay. was going to be open. Okay. And when I started looking back over my life, I could see that I've been preparing for this position all along. Mm -hmm. First of all, I advocate for people for a living. It's mm -hmm. what I do. It's what I'm best at. Okay. Helping those who need a voice. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, I'm president. This is the second year I'm president of my property owners association. Okay. And so I'm used to dealing with the, the issues we face right there in my subdivision. Okay. And so being on the quorum court is just going to take this to a larger scale. Okay. Um, with the economics and business background and with the law degree, um, I can't think of a better person to balance a budget than myself. Okay. That's good. <laughs> uh, once again, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher. We're here with uh, JP5 candidate Jackie Wright, and this is our Meet the Candidate series. We're here at Round Mountain Coffee on Prince Street, got a full room of uh, supporters for Miss Wright as we are discussing uh, poverty as it relates specifically to Faulkner County. And so, uh, Miss Wright, uh, offer us your definition of poverty. Okay, and I've, I've had to think long and hard about this mm -hmm. because um, I don't want my definition to include a number. Okay. So for me, poverty is anything or anyone who lacks in any area. Okay. And that could be financially, that could be spiritually, that could be um, legally, because mm -hmm. as a public defender, I represent indigent people, so mm -hmm. they're lacking in that area. Okay. Um, so it's just anyone, an absence of support or a need in any area, I think is my broad definition of poverty. Okay, good. So uh, any personal experiences with poverty? Yes. Okay. Um, so growing up, and I thought my mom was coming today, but I don't see her here. 
Um, so I've been told that growing up, I was in poverty. Okay. Uh, however, I never felt like I was in poverty. I never wanted for a meal. I never wanted for um, clothing. I always had clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an only child, but I had a single parent. Okay. But for, for um, a time, my mother made minimum wage, and we actually lived in the Conway Housing Authority. Okay. Um, which I think would qualify me as for, yes. po- for being in poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing up, and I was around poverty, but it, I guess being inside of it, you never actually step out mm-hmm. to look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when I graduated, when I went to Hendricks, I would mentor. I would go up to Menifee or I'd go down to um, Mount Gale and South Conway, and I would mentor um, young students who were in poverty. Okay. So I was surrounding myself with poverty then. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to law school, um, I worked for a ministry called Step Ministries, okay. um, and they worked in the Eastgate Housing Project, which at the time had the highest death rate of any housing project in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentored there um, for my three years in law school. Okay. Since then, I continue to mentor. I, I um, volunteer with Teen Court. I'm, I mentor with the Young Empowered Sisters, okay. um, which is a one-on-one mentoring mm-hmm. program. I'm on their board. Okay. Um, so the long and short of it is I have a life full of poverty, which also includes my, my clients okay. who are all indigent. Okay. So that's why I was so excited when I knew I was going to have the opportunity to talk to you mm-hmm. because it forces me to step outside of it mm-hmm. and look at it as someone who's not a part of it. Yeah. And I think that's great for everybody to do. That's good. That's good. Appreciate that answer. Um, so let's look at uh, where you are running. JP District 5, what does that encompass in the county? It starts um, Dave Ward. You know how Dave Ward has UCA on one side and it has Starbucks on the other? Yeah. Um, it's Dave Ward and it's between Hark Rider and Salem and it goes okay. south. Okay. And it goes up toward the Peach Orchard, which is uh, Crest Haven is the subdivision that's up there, Old Mill okay. Road. Okay. Um, and it comes all the way up um, up the side um, of Salem, all okay. the way up Salem to, to it runs into Dave Ward again. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> considering that uh, area and then um, specifically District 5, but then just looking at the county uh, as a whole, the, describe to us what you uh, see or have learned about homelessness, food insecurity. Uh, I want to talk about legal issues as well. Um, just give us your um, observations about So from, from my research, um, Ellen Smith is the only school that's in yes. my district, mm-hmm. and they have a free and reduced lunch rate of 53%, mm-hmm. which is higher than the Conway School District um, at 49.1%. Mm-hmm. So that tells you there's definitely poverty in my area. Okay. Um, they're also, from talking to different organizations around town, I found out that there's homeless camps right in District 5, mm-hmm. which may have been one of the reasons why Soul Food Cafe mm-hmm. has opened up um, right off of South Donaghy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, there's definitely poverty in my area, which is mm-hmm. reflected by the schools and by Soul Food Cafe. And then when it comes to um, the legal system, mm-hmm. as a public defender, I was able to pull the records on the public defender um, presence here in Faulkner County. Okay. And here in Faulkner County, um, public defenders ha- handle 75% of the cases, of okay. the felony cases filed in Faulkner County. Okay. And that means 75% of those people are indigent. And okay. the court has deemed them not to have enough money to afford an attorney. Okay. Um, now, the other areas, I travel the state, so other areas have higher rates, like Ashley County, um, where I just recently had two cases. They have 95% of their cases are handled by public defenders. Okay. But I think just looking at Faulkner County, having that 75% rate, we can see that poverty is definitely an issue. What are you, what are you seeing in uh, your profession 
uh, in regards to the poor? Why, why are, are so many ending up in the courts? Um, That's a great what, question. What are, what are the things that you are seeing? I'm seeing a cycle of poverty. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing, I, I once heard someone say that it's expensive to be poor. Um, because when you end up in the court system, um, let, let's say you're loitering, or let's say you're um, you're you're homeless, so you're um, you get arrested for loitering, or if you say something wrong, um, or even if you're not completely clothed because you don't have the clothes, indecent exposure. Mm-hmm. You go into the court system, you're you're assigned a public defender, but then there's a user fee for the okay. public defender. Okay. Then you have court costs. Okay. And then if you're put on probation, you have probation fees every month. Okay. So even though you're homeless and you don't have the means to hire an attorney, all of a sudden you're hit with different fees okay. that if you don't pay them will cause you to end back up in the court system mm-hmm. where you're given another fee and another public defender, and it's just a cycle. It just continues. Okay. okay. All right. So looking at uh, previous Quorum Court administrations, um, evaluate their efforts in addressing poverty here in the county. Uh, give them you know, A, F, you know, 10 and knocking it out the park, one, you know, what the heck are you guys doing? Uh, you know, just evaluate them and their efforts. And I'm a teacher, I teach. Um, one of my students is here today and that really excites me. Right. But, um, I teach business law. Um, I've taught at Hendricks and CBC, so I'm good at grading. And I'm going to give them a solid um, C plus B minus because okay. um, I do think that our court and court um, they, they are showing efforts um, to reach out to those who are in poverty. They, um, there are grants that they fund um, to Bethlehem House, mm-hmm. um, the um, extension services of Faulkner County, mm-hmm. they give money to them. Um, the health department, which is a big need here in Faulkner County, mm-hmm. um, they, they give money to the, the health department. So I do think that in areas, especially financially, okay. that the quorum court is reaching out. Now, where where I think that um, diversity is needed okay. um, would be an issue a couple of weeks ago, or about a month or two ago, we had a quorum court meeting, and during that meeting they were talking about budget issues. Okay. And someone suggested that they close some of the polling locations. Right. And the one suggested was Mayflower. Okay. And I didn't see anyone on the quorum court flinch about that, but I immediately looked at Christy Berry, who's running for Justice of the Peace in District 9, okay. and she looked at me, and we had the same look in our eyes as... Mm-hmm. What, what about these people that are going to be disenfranchised? Yes, ma'am. What about the person who can't afford gas to get to Conway mm-hmm. or doesn't have the means to get to Conway? Mm-hmm. So that's where the C-minus comes in because okay. that's why we need more people that, okay. that that's a reflection of the entire okay. um, community because you think about issues like that. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, we have a question that's come in and... Uh, I'm going to read it as it is and we'll try to, to, to boil it down. Okay, It says, uh, from Paul Calvert, how do you feel about less wealthy people who are prohibited from uh, keeping dysfunctional cars in their yards? Is this a law against being poor? That's a great question. Okay. Um, and that sounds like a question I would get from my property owners association. Um, I think there's two sides to it, Paul. And thank you for um, tuning in and thank you for the question. The first side of it is, you're right, people who don't have money um, sometimes don't have the means to move their car or to um, to do things um, necessary to keep their car from breaking down in the first place so it's not sitting in their yard. So that's one side of it, and I don't think that's fair for those people who don't have the money. But the other side of it is, 
there are people who have property surrounding that property and property values tend to go down when there are cars parked in the yard that are not working or when there's trash building up in a yard or when there's tires building up in a yard. So I think there's, you know, as a lawyer, I can always see both sides to every issue. I think there are two sides to every issue, but I, I don't feel like that law or that issue was created to discriminate against people who are poor, but I do think that it, unfortunately, it may it, it may be difficult for people who are poor to comply with such a rule. So you say it's a rule of law of unintended consequences. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay. What yes. what would you propose as a solution? Um, I would propose as a solution, sort of what um, I'm trying to think of a way to apply one thing to the other. What I would propose as a solution is a way. Of if there's an issue where there's a, a car that's parked that's not working that's abandoned that's causing property value to go um, down around it okay. that if the city's notified the city instead of just slapping a fine on them or instead of you know creating this cycle of, of you know poverty or continue to perpetuate it I would encourage city officials to reach out to the homeowner okay. and ask, why is that car not moving? Do you have the funds to move it? And maybe um, set up some sort of system where um, in exchange for moving the vehicle, you get you know money for the parts mm -hmm. and that's given back to the homeowner. But okay. some type of assistance where you're not just barking orders to people and finding them if they don't do it. If okay. you talk to them, you figure out what the issue is. Um, maybe even the neighbors would chip in. Okay. A lot of times that's what happens in my POA. If someone is not cutting their yard and we find out it's because they can't cut their yard, mm -hmm. then we can go out and cut it for them. Okay. So just being more of a community and not so much of always, you know, uh, like, you know, always, you know, telling people what they have to do and making sure they follow through with it. Okay. Asking why. Just asking that one additional question. Okay. Why is the car there? All right. Let me ask you this. Um, going back uh, to the poor and... A really criminal justice uh, reform okay and uh, you know we have uh, two jails yes. here yes. right unit one, uh, and unit, unit two. one and unit two um, can can you look at you know what you're seeing that's happening with the poor and, and being incarcerated uh, what what kind of reforms do you think should occur uh, so that it's not so it doesn't become such a financial burden mm -hmm. on men and women uh, who have committed um, uh, crimes that are, you know, not violent. So let's talk about nonviolent offenses. Uh, what solutions do you think should come uh, at a county level? Uh, well, I think some of them are already into play. Okay. Um, some of the things that I've seen done before are um, is homeless court. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that came to come away a couple of years ago because mm -hmm. I, I worked with someone who was trying to get that set up. Mm -hmm. And that's where people who are homeless actually get to come before a judge. Mm -hmm. It's usually on the weekend. There's a public defender and there's a prosecutor right. there. And those fees or fines are forgiven mm -hmm. um, so that they can be, they can have other um, things, um, they can be, they can have other services supplied to them. Yes, um, and they don't have to worry about if they get picked up and they get, someone runs their report, they have a, a something they're delinquent and they get mm -hmm. put in jail yes, so that will cut down on the numbers okay um same thing um some type of amnesty court where if it's okay. a non-violent offense if it's something that happened 20 years ago if that person can show that they're now law-abiding citizen and working every day and trying to get their life on track mm -hmm. then let's bring them in and mm -hmm. have a judge decide those issues mm -hmm. um and then drug court 
There are a lot of people in jail for drugs. Mm-hmm. Where that's, um, and that's something I go back and forth with with drug court because I work in a drug court and there's a lot of fines and a lot of fees associated with that as well. Mm-hmm. But the thing I liked about it is it keeps non-violent offenders out of jail. Okay. So I think we need more specialized courts. Um, okay. Teen court is another one okay. where the young people are coming there and getting alternative sentences and we're not just locking them up. Okay. But these specialized courts where we look at the areas that are um, underrepresented and the, and the people that maybe don't have a voice and mm-hmm. we ask them why. And mm-hmm. we help them mm-hmm. instead of just incarcerating them. Okay. So you, you, would you uh, agree with a more uh, restorative form? Of, of criminal justice rather than the retributive that pretty much is traditional in America where, yes. uh, you know, if whether you are selling, you know, using drugs or you have, you know, put your hands on somebody, yes. you know, we're just going to lock up everybody. Yes, okay. and even if you lock <clears throat> these people up, um, you have to provide services okay. to help them when they're released. Okay. I mean, jail and prison, they're supposed to rehabilitate you. Mm-hmm. They're not just supposed to house you. Okay. And I think a lot of times we're looking for more jails to keep housing people mm-hmm. instead of more services to get people where they need to be. Okay. Um, when uh, I went with several justices of the peace um, to view the jail, mm-hmm. and it was just so refreshing to hear questions like, do you have counselors come in? Do you have people come in to to hear what you know what what programs they need do you mm-hmm. have teachers come in to teach them for their GED okay. and unfortunately it seems like those services are being cut or not being used at all mm-hmm. and instead we're just trying to get more space to get more inmates to continue to house people so I mean, so uh, the the fees that are collected you mentioned teen court drug court mm-hmm. uh, those those uh, fees that are collected, they go back in to fund that program? Is that a correct? I, I think that they would go into the quorum court as a whole, but the teen court is funded by the quorum court. So okay. I guess in a way, yes, it goes okay. back to that program. Okay. Do you see any any way, looking at the budget, all right, that's how you opened up, of uh, providing more services, especially for those nonviolent offenders who uh, are being locked up um, in the county jail, so that they're spending less time in jail and getting more time having their needs addressed, whether they're social or emotional needs. This is gonna sound really out there, really far out there, but Put how it out about there. asking yeah. for volunteers? Okay. Because the people I went to view the jail with, they were counselors, they work as counselors. Okay. And there's no doubt in my mind they would volunteer to come okay. in. I volunteered in different areas. Um, I think in order for this poverty cycle to change, mm-hmm. we're gonna need the community to get active. Okay. And money's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but volunteer hours are just as important. Yes. That is so important. why don't we say we have a need, we, we find our need, we address the need, and we ask for volunteers. That's good. All right. Uh, once again, this is uh, Dr. Philip Fletcher with our Meet the Candidates, and I'm with Jackie Wright, who is running for JP District 5, and we're at Round Mountain Coffee as we're discussing poverty as it relates to Faulkner County. And we have another question coming in. Uh, how do you feel about fully funding the courts from the county budget and prohibiting the courts from collecting the extra fees and court costs on top of the fines? That's, a That's deep a, another deep, yes. great question that yes. I have not thought about, okay. but I, I will think about that question. Okay. Um, and the next time I'm asked that, I, I hope I'm better prepared to answer it. I have not thought about what it would be like for the courts to be fully funded by the quorum court. And I don't know if that's even a possibility mm-hmm. because the money 
is right right now there are things we need like an animal shelter that okay. we don't have the money or we're not using the money to fund that. Okay. So there's so many needs right now. I'm not sure another adding another need to the list would be okay. the best thing. To do. All right, all right, good. So let's look at a, a JP as, as a county representative. Um, I, I kind of look at it as you sit between uh, being an advocate for uh, the cities and the states. Okay. So, you know, you have your, your mayors and your city council, uh, and then you have your state reps and your state senators. Yes. Okay. So in the context of poverty, how do you think you can be an advocate for uh, not just JP District 5, but, you know, the cities of Conway, Mayflower, Greenbrier, Valonia, mm -hmm. um, in regards to poverty and working with, you know, our state senate and state reps? Yes. How, do you, how do you see your role there? Well, I want to bring awareness. Okay. I want to be a voice. Again, I want to be a voice for the people, and that includes all the people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, meeting with these people, um, whether it's at just a regular meeting, whether mm -hmm. it's at whether we're being on a panel, but just discussing these issues, which is the, the reason I'm so excited about this um, podcast and this Facebook Live, is because I feel like awareness makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I want to run for quorum court because I want to be accessible mm -hmm. and I want to be transparent mm -hmm. about everything that's going on with our budget. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I think just having conversations like we're having, mm -hmm. I, I would do that with all the local candidates, with mm -hmm. all the state candidates, and, and make them aware. And I think it's poverty is one of those things that once you're aware of it, you can't mm -hmm. help but to want to do something about mm -hmm. it. You know, once you, once you take away the stigmatism and once you take away the stereotypes and you realize that, you know, over 50% of Americans are one paycheck away from poverty. Mm -hmm. You know that there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. Yes, ma'am. Um, let's cycle back around again. You know, you're saying one paycheck away. Um, uh, we did a point-in-time count for homelessness this year, and it sits at about 221 persons that we can account for that are homeless uh, in the county. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, I look at the, the ongoing work and effort uh, the county uh, working specifically with the city of Conway to get uh, an animal shelter open and that whole right. thing. I know the county's got the money to build it, but mm -hmm. as far as the, the M&O, the maintenance and operations, is a whole separate issue. Um, where is the energy, and I know you're not on the corn court yet, all right, but where is the energy to address homelessness in the same way to address an animal shelter? Right. So, uh, you know, you can make the argument animals, they can exist without a shelter because they're animals mm -hmm. and they were fine time again right right but as far as people are concerned um and then you mentioned stereotypes about the homeless uh this idea that um you know the homeless need to you know get a job uh pull themselves up by their own bootstraps um what what role does the county then play with working with the cities in addressing homelessness uh, because those men and women and children are out there right. on a daily basis. Right. Um, can you speak to that? Right, and I, I think I talked about earlier, the county sends money to different agencies, and the city also does that as well. You mm -hmm. know, I think they're giving money to different agencies mm -hmm. also. But I think it's going to take the community mm -hmm. to, to be a voice for, mm -hmm. for those who are in poverty mm -hmm. and to encourage the quorum court and city council to do more. Mm -hmm. When I go to the, the, the quorum court meetings now, sometimes half of the courtroom is filled up with people there supporting mm -hmm. the animal shelter. Mm -hmm. And they're being heard and, mm -hmm. the, and they have a voice and they have they, they have 
legs to stand on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a problem. We need an animal mm-hmm. shelter. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with poverty. Mm-hmm. So I think as a community, we just have to create that voice mm-hmm. and let them know that this need is here mm-hmm. and we're not going away until it's met. Okay. All right. Let's see, we got another question here. Justice, uh, Liberty's eyes are covered, but her ears are not. Okay, so I don't know how you can speak for judges. I so, can't. I just, yeah. So, why are judges not dealing with these matters in a more reasonable manner for uh, the people? Um, so, I know I, I'm not going to ask you to speak for a judge uh, in their <laughs> okay. decision making, um, but in, uh, I can I can ask a question this way. In regards to justice, as it relates to those who have a lot and those who have a little, Mm -hmm. all right, in the legal system, um, do you see the legal system more heavily weighted on punishing poor people than those who have enough? I think what I see, if I'm being completely objective, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the justice system is is packed up. It's huge. There's a lot of cases. the dockets are, are, are heavy. Mm-hmm. The public defenders have more cases than mm-hmm. they can handle. The prosecutors have more cases than they can handle. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that anything is happening to specifically disenfranchise the poor, mm-hmm. but I think that it's a system. So it's just moving. And so okay. if you step in front of the system, it's going to continue to move. Okay. And if you don't have the money you need, mm-hmm. it, it continues to move. And that's okay. why we talked about that cycle. Okay. So it's not that they're just giving fines and court fees to the poor. They're giving them to everyone, okay. and it's just that the poor is the, the poor people are not able to pay them. But why are they so caught up? I, mm-hmm. I think that's the the number you said over seventy percent need a public defender. Yes. Why so many poor people getting caught up? And and I guess the more specific question is, are those more violent offenses or nonviolent offenses? Well, the the numbers I gave you were for felony offenses, okay. but they they could be nonviolent. Okay. They could still be a drug charge and be a felony. Okay. Um. But it's just, you know, again, when I talked about being a paycheck away from poverty, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a house and a car but still not have any additional money to pay for your legal services. Mm-hmm. And that's why I talked about poverty in terms of all different areas. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can have all those things and still be spiritually poor mm-hmm. or, or have, still have mental health issues mm-hmm. that cause you, you know, if your medication is $500 a month, it doesn't matter if you're making $500 a month. That money has to go to your house and to your um, car, yeah. and your your medicine. You're not you don't have your medicine, mm-hmm. so then you don't have your medicine. So then something happens. You end up in the justice system. You need a public defender. Okay. So there's many reasons, but I guess the long and short of it is, um, you could still have money or have things and not have enough money for a public defender. Okay. So I'm a shoot oh, off. I'm sorry for an attorney. So you need Wait, okay. Yeah. So I'm a shoot off uh, some areas. Uh, related to poverty, and I want you to give me a solution. Okay. Okay. I'll try. Uh, it's a solution because I, I know there's I twelve. Other, the right. There's twelve <laughs> other people who have a, who have a say. Okay. Right. You get on okay. the forum court. All right. <clears throat> All right. Homelessness solution. Um. Let me explain it like this, and this mm-hmm. may be the answer to everything you're about to list to me. One of my favorite things about going to Hendricks was our motto, okay. and it was "unto the whole person." Okay. Um, and one of my favorite life um, quotes is to whom much is given much is required mm-hmm. um, so what that means to me is I'm required to do something okay. because I'm, a, I'm blessed mm-hmm. but that also means is when I go to help someone 
If I help someone who's hungry, mm-hmm. I could give them a plate, mm-hmm. but that's not that whole person. That's not all their needs. Right. So I think when we're talking about homelessness or any type of poverty, I think um, the solution is going to be meeting people at all areas. Okay. You know, um, giving them the psych- psychological um, experts they need, mm-hmm. giving them the ability to find jobs, mm-hmm. um, giving them the ability to make food, to grow food, to okay. cook food. Um, it's working on the whole person. And when you talk about poverty, there's a book called The Framework to Understanding Poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of poverty is generational. It's something yeah. that's been passed down through generations. Mm-hmm. So me giving you a hot meal every Tuesday is not necessarily going to fix. It fixes the immediate need. It just fixes yeah. that right. need. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting with you personally and figure out in what all areas you need help mm-hmm. so that we can address it as a whole. And that's okay. why I mentor. Okay. Because with my mentee, she needs help in several areas. Now, okay. keep in mind, I need help in several areas. Too. We, all, we all do. Um, yeah. So she helps me in areas as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to spend time with her every week and figure out, okay, this week we need to work on how to get along in school. This week we need to worry about not fighting in school. Mm-hmm. This week we need to worry about boys aren't important. Mm-hmm. Whatever the scenario is. But it's working with the entire person because poverty can be a lifestyle. You know, there are some people who just became impoverished yesterday, but there are some people who have been in a family mm-hmm. um, generational issue of poverty mm-hmm. since their grandparents, mm-hmm. since their great-grandparents. Okay. Um, so I think we got we to gotta do, it's not one answer, it's the whole person. Y- yes. So I'm going to bring you down now. Bring me down. All right, because you're all, you're all up here. Okay. Still. I get up there. So, yeah. So, a concrete uh Proposed solution for homelessness for Florida County. Okay. Community awareness is first. Okay. And then once you make the community aware that there are homeless people, Mm -hmm. we need to find those homeless people. I didn't know there were homeless camps in District 5 until I was told that. Um, But once we figure out there are, then we need to go to those people and we need to figure out exactly what their needs are and let them know the services available. I've spoken with people at um, CAPCA, at um, the Women's Shelter, Mm -hmm. Soul Food, Bethlehem House, and the question I ask everybody is, how do people know you're here? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, usually it's word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to we need to um, increase that word of mouth, mm-hmm. um, increase getting the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's some talks about building a homeless shelter. I think that's a great idea mm-hmm. um, because I think they need shelter. That's mm-hmm. one of the basic needs they need, just shelter. Yes, yes. And so with that, um, with that specific proposal, uh, and that, you know, it's a city proposal. Then, how could you, as a JP who represents a district that's specifically in the city of Conway, um, how could you help bring influence to see that help happening? Well, it's yeah. sort of what they're doing with the animal shelter, where the mm-hmm. county is asking the city to come in. Yeah. That, that this is another area where the county and the city could possibly work together to okay. create a, a, a homeless okay. shelter. Okay. All right. All right. Now we're headed there. Okay, there you concrete. go. Yeah, they're okay. getting more concrete. Okay. All right. Uh, food insecurity solution. Um, the same thing. We have a number of food pantries mm-hmm. here in town. Okay. Um, but it's the same thing I said. We got we to gotta figure out who, who has those needs, mm-hmm. and we got to figure out a way to let them know the need can be met. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned growing food. Yes. Okay. I think extension services, okay. that's part of what they offer. They offer um, 
not only classes on, you know, SNAP and classes mm-hmm. on nutrition, but also how to grow your own food. I think they actually come out and take food, soil samples okay. to see what type of soil you have. Okay. But again, I would have never known this info that was out there mm-hmm. had I not been looking for the information. Okay. So right. that's why I think it's important to, to figure out where the need is and to get that information to kind of bridge that gap. Okay. Healthcare. Um. Now, now, are you asking me how I would fix it as a quorum court member? Because I don't think we deal with it. No, I know you don't. Okay. <laughs> you still know in, in general, in life, health care. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we need health care, affordable okay. health care for everyone. Okay. I think it's not, I mean, there's no question it's needed because mm-hmm. um, someone's going to pay for it anyway. Mm-hmm. The people who need health services are going to get it, and someone's going to mm-hmm. pay for it anyway. So let's give it to them beforehand, and let's work on preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have like, if they have insurance prior to mm-hmm. a health condition, they can take preventative measures, get weekly checkups, get you know every six months that sort of thing checkups. Mm-hmm. So yes, affordable health care. Okay, all right. So. Uh, offer some concluding thoughts regarding poverty and your candidacy and whatever else you want the people to know. Well, I need the people to make the right choice on November 6th and vote Jackie Wright for Justice of the Peace District 5, first and foremost. I also need the community to know that, first of all, this is a beautiful, Vaughan County is a wonderful county. We have beautiful people in here who are making a difference every day, such as yourself. Um, and so I want to, I want to, I, I want to make sure by having this talk, we're not saying that people aren't doing anything because there's a lot being done. I was meeting with someone from Bethlehem House and a friend, some friends came in um, and I introduced them to um, Judy and immediately they didn't know each other by name, but when Judy, when the people at Bethlehem House leave and need housing, um, my friends work with a ministry that actually supplies all the furniture and all the needs for the house. And so they're just beautiful people all mm-hmm. around Fauna County doing beautiful things. But I think we need to continue to do that. I think we need more people um, getting involved, which I think comes with awareness. And um, I think they say it takes a village to raise a, ch- a child. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the whole community to change our poverty situation. Um, so I just encourage everybody to get involved. It doesn't have to be financial involvement. Mm-hmm. It can be. You could donate to... Um, to coho or donate to, to some um, organization that's making a difference, but you can also do things yourself. You can also volunteer your time. You can also just be a, a listening ear, a smiling face, and just be there for people who are in need. Good. Chocolate vanilla ice cream. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream. Oh, it's a great question. I'm gonna have to go to swirl. I got to swirl. swirl. I guess. <laughs> oh, so you compromise? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. That says a lot about you. All right. Well, thank you, Ms. Wright, for uh, joining us. It was my pleasure. Today. Thank yes. you for having me. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, next week, July 13th, Friday, we will have Democratic candidate for Governor Jared Henderson here with us as we will be discussing poverty as it relates to the state of Arkansas and his candidacy. Uh, this has been Humanity Matters, a resource of Coho discussing uh, theology, leadership, nonprofit, and philosophy. For more information, you can visit our website, coho58.org. Uh, Like us on YouTube at Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And as always, if you remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Everybody take care. God bless.